So um, I'm going to start with a question. We asked you guys to send in questions on our topic tonight, which is social media. Um, But here is one of the questions we got. Sometimes adults get frustrated we are on social media so much. This is sent in from a student, obviously. Um, Sometimes adults get frustrated when we are on social media so much, but is that really wrong or just a generational difference? So the question, is it wrong to be on social media? Is there something like inherently wrong? Have you guys ever felt like your like parents or grandparents or like someone older in your life has kind of made you feel bad about being on your phone or like using social media? Yeah. Yeah, me, me too. The reality is, no, it's not really wrong to be on social media. It's not necessarily a sin. For one, to be on social media isn't even something that we can actually like straight up address from the Bible. There's no verse that says thou shalt not be on Instagram. There's no verse that says thou shalt not tweet. It doesn't exist. So you might be asking like, well, if we can just say right out the bat, it's not a sin, then why are we even talking about it? Well, have you ever noticed on the news how sometimes adults love to freak out about what teenagers are doing? Have you guys ever noticed that? There's like news stories that come on sometimes. There's this great one. Um, all the adults were all freaked out about how the kids were beezing. Have you guys ever heard of beezing? You know what I'm talking about? No? Um, so basically, adults were freaking out in this Midwestern town because a group of teenagers were taking Burt's Bees lip balm and they were rubbing it on their eyelids to get high. Here's the thing. You can't actually get high that way. It was a prank. It was a bunch of students who like started doing it. They're like, whoa, mom and dad, we feel weird. And then parents started freaking out and then they called the news station and ended up on the news. Now here's the really funny thing. A bunch of teenagers who saw that news report started buying a bunch of Burt's Bees lip balm trying to get high that way. Um, It's very funny. Here's the reality. Social media, just like Burt's Bees lip balm, it's not good or bad. You can't inherently have something, like you can't open up your Instagram app and be like, oh, it's evil. You can't open up Snapchat and be like, this is from Satan. It's a tool. It can be used either for good or it can be used for bad. So our message is gonna be super practical. Before we start though, we need to all be on the same page about something. This message is directed at followers of Jesus. So. If you are here and you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, this message is for you. It's a way that we can look at something that we all deal with, which is, for most of us, we all deal with social media. It's something that's either something we do or friends at our school or people in our life do. It's something that's very common. It's something that's very normal nowadays. For us as followers of Jesus, just like everything in our life, we need to consider how do we act on these things. So that's a message that's directed us as followers of Jesus because we believe here Jesus is king that changes everything. And that's not just a cute saying that we say here. Um, I truly believe more than I ever have in my entire life that Jesus is our king. And if he is king, which I truly believe he is, then that changes everything about how we live. Right down to how we act on the streets and how we act on the internet. So we're doing a series called New Normals. And um, we're kind of talking about different things in society that are very normal. Like maybe they weren't as normal at one point, but they're super normal now. They're the new normals in society. Um, And there's a lot of pressure for us to just kind of go with the flow because that's what happens. Times change and things change and you go with the flow. So 
last week we talked about homosexuality, which is definitely something that there's a huge push for. I don't know how many of you guys were there last week. I think a lot of you guys were. It was pretty packed last week. Um, and I thought it was a great discussion. We watched a video by Sean McDowell, and it was all about how, you know, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we believe homosexuality is a sin, but we are very compassionate towards the sinner. And we realize that their sin is no different from our sin and that they're no much worse than we are and that we're called to love and help sinners repent. And uh, we're not to just go around and shove our doctrine down people's throat and bash people over the head with the Bible. But if we know someone who struggles with homosexuality, we are to love them so much so that they can see an alternative to living to sin is living in Jesus. So this week we're talking about social media. Again, an interesting subject to talk about. And then next week we're talking about um, drugs and alcohol. And Dylan Jones is going to be teaching that one because I personally, I mean, I could, I have strong opinions on drugs and alcohol, absolutely, but uh, I've never done any of that stuff. So for me to get up and teach a whole message on it, I just think wouldn't be good for you or for me. So I asked a guy who actually has had a lot of experience with that stuff. Um, Dylan and his Rachel, or Dylan and his wife Rachel, have both had experience with both drugs and alcohol. They've got some gnarly testimonies on that, and I'm really excited because um, it's been encouraging for me to hear where they've come from and what God's brought them through. So that's going to be a great one next week. And then the fourth one, I'm not sure what it's going to be. Maybe you can help me figure it out. There's a fourth one. I just have no idea what it's going to be on. So. Here's the reality. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, and it's not in front of you, but I will read it to you. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So regardless of like what the new normals of culture are, regardless of what at times culture says, this is what's new. This is what's normal. For us, as Christians, our new normal is Jesus. It's living like him. It's letting the flesh side of us die and decrease. And that's kind of hard for some of us, honestly, who grew up in the church like me to understand. Because for us, a lot of times, Jesus has always felt like the normal. And so, honestly, sometimes we're so attracted to sin in the outside world because maybe we've never really experienced it. And we've lived in the Christian bubble our whole life. And we've always heard, don't do this stuff. So we're attracted to that new normal. But the reality is for a Christian, you can think of it this way. If you've grown up in the church, think of it this way. Christianity following Jesus is the new normal in the sense that we are different from the way people have always acted throughout history. Acting in a way that's self-serving, acting in a way that's all about greed and getting what you can get and pushing down other people. We actually live for the kingdom of God and we live to not get what we can get for ourselves, but to love and serve other people. And only that, only following Jesus in that way can give us the joy that we need. So all this applies to social media. So let's look at it. We can see how our new normal can influence culture instead of culture's new normal influencing us. So I want to talk, first of all, about some negatives in social media. But don't worry, it's not going to be the whole study. It's not just going to be like a big old let's talk trash about social media. We're just going to get some of the negatives out of the way, and then we'll move on to the positive. So I think, for me at least, in my experience, one of the biggest negatives about social media is its tendency to like make us really give in to envy and jealousy. And I don't know if that's you, but it definitely has been me. So how do we follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world? Well, sometimes it can be hard to focus on Jesus when we're so focused on social media. There's so many options of things to distract us, and 
the advantages of social media are great. Like honestly, like being able to connect with people from across the world. Like I've, I know a guy, I know a couple guys in New Zealand and I talk to them on social media. I, I'll message them on Instagram. They can see my life. I can see their life. I've got cousins in Oregon. I've got people in England. I've got people all over the world that I'm talking to. Like years ago, like if you think about it, like you had to get on a boat to like go see them. Now you can just FaceTime. It's amazing. There's so many advantages to social media, but there's also some disadvantages. I think a lot of times it can put us like in this battle for contentment. And I think the more we compare ourselves to others, the less satisfied we are. The more we compare with others, what they look like, what they have, where they are, the less satisfied we become with our own lives. A lot of people kind of blame social media for that problem that everyone's life seems to look perfect you know, because of the filters and everything like that. And I think the reality, though, of it is um, I'm not a sports guy, but for those of you guys who are sports guys or sports girls, um, you know how when um, you've got an athlete, you can see their highlight reel? You know what I'm talking about? Like where you can see, like, the video footage of, like, their best plays and their touchdowns and, like, all the stuff they do well. So that's a highlight reel. That shows you the best of the best. But then there's also behind the scenes footage. And that's where you've got like footage of like the athlete like tripping or like eating pizza in the locker room and just being a dork. So you've got highlight reels and you've got uh, behind the scenes footage. I think with social media, it's people showing us their highlight reel. It's people showing us the best of the best, like exactly what they want to see. And like, we really do this. Like we, we pay a lot of attention. Like, I don't know how many times you have spent a long time, like retaking a photo over and over and over again. Cause in your mind, you're like, I know what this photo is supposed to look like, but it's not where I want it yet. So you've got your friend there taking pictures of you and you're like, another one, another one, another one, please keep taking photos of me because it's got to look just right. I don't know if you've been guilty of that, but I mean, me and Brooklyn definitely have, and I'm not going to say who was the one asking the other to take the photo. Um, it was me. Um, but, uh, Anyway, um, a lot of times we're showing people our highlight reel and we're not really showing people our behind the scenes footage. And on social media, people really only show us their best. And it can be very frustrating sometimes, no matter how cool or successful you are, I'm sure we all go through moments where we're sitting in our room, scrolling through people's perfect lives where everything looks great and we're seeing their highlight reel and then we're looking around at our own life at the moment and it feels like our life is the behind the scenes footage. Maybe your parents are fighting, maybe your grades aren't good, maybe you just look in the mirror and you feel really ugly that day, but sometimes it can be really frustrating to look at how well things are going with other people. Um, Just this week, there's been a time where I sat down and got an Instagram and I opened up Instagram and I saw a friend who was at an event that I wish I was at. I saw another picture of a friend hanging out with someone I wish I was friends with. Um, I saw another friend in way better shape than me posting a selfie where he looked really good. Uh, I saw a friend at Disneyland and I wasn't at Disneyland so I was super jealous. I saw another friend in Europe and I was like, I wish I was in Europe. And during the time when I was looking at all these pictures of my friends having a really good time and everything's going well for them, where was I? I'm stuck in my office trying to fix a broken laptop with no air conditioning. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like in social media, a lot of times can really make the reality to us those feelings where we're like, man, my life just isn't as good as it could be. And it's true. The more we compare, the less satisfied we are. Researchers did a study where they met with students and they asked them how they felt after spending a long time on social media. And it was crazy. More than one third of the students felt way worse after spending time on Facebook and Instagram. The number one emotion they felt was jealousy and envy. And it's because the more we compare to others, the less satisfied we are. 
Chuck Swindle said this. He said, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. And be honest, for most of us, it's the opposite. It's all about what happens to us. Everything revolves around what happens to us. And that's why we have to obsess over posting the perfect photo of what happens to us so that everyone can see what happens to us. But a lot of times we forget that our response to what happens to us in our life has any real value. So I want to talk to you about your response. Whenever you're envious and tempted to compare, what do you do? What do you do? We need to realize that we need Jesus to help us because we can't do it on our own. And these are very real problems that people deal with these days, the problem of comparison and the issues of jealousy. And so through Jesus' strength, we need to kill comparisons. The minute you go online and see someone has a better house than you, or better clothes, or they have like more shoes than you ever could have hoped to possess. Or maybe you go online and you see that you weren't invited to a party that you wanted to go to. Or maybe everyone is posting about their boyfriend and girlfriend, but you're sitting there single and you're just like, oh, this is terrible. Maybe you're comparing followers. Maybe you're like, oh, I've only got like 30 followers, but like my friend has like 400, what's wrong with me? Or maybe you're comparing how many likes someone gets on a post. Maybe someone gets 100 likes on a post, but you only get 10. And you're just thinking like, oh, well, what's wrong with me? I thought I was cool. Maybe you feel like sometimes your life stinks because of these reasons. Well, whenever we feel this way, we need to turn to Jesus and ask for his help to kill those comparisons. In James 3, verse 14 through 16, it says this. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It's crazy. It says envy, jealousy, is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have, he goes on in the verse, it says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. It's crazy. Like, I feel like envy and jealousy is one of those sins we don't really think that much about. We don't really think like it's that serious. It's definitely one I've struggled with my entire life. Comparing myself to others and feeling like others had it better and wishing I had it like others. But what the Bible tells us is that envy leads to every bad thing. It it literally calls that out as demonic. And I think for me... um, You know, it makes sense when I think of Satan in the beginning when God made the heaven and the earth and God had this plan to make humans and love them. I mean, what was it that got Satan? I think it was pride and I think it was envy. I mean, this isn't in the Bible. This is just speculation, but I'm just trying to read between the lines. But it seems like Satan was a little bit jealous. I mean, I'm sure that he knew that God's plan was to make humans and create the earth for them and let them rule over it. And, you know, the angels were going to have to serve the humans according to God's plan. And I think Satan was jealous. And he's like, well, why didn't you just make the earth for the angels? Like, what the heck? Like, God, what are you doing? You know what? I could be a better God than you. In fact, I'm amazing. I'm glorious. I'm Lucifer. And then he goes on and becomes Satan and leads a rebellion. And now we're living in a world full of sin. It's what pride and envy and selfishness and jealousy leads to. It's death. So what can we do? Well, through Jesus's power, we can kill the comparisons. And so ways that we can do that, I mean, Maybe you need to just take a break, you know, from social media. I mean, I don't know how bad it's gotten for you, but if you've ever had a situation where you're just so jealous or just so upset about something on social media, maybe it's time just to take a week off or something and spend more time with the Lord. Um, Maybe you need to delete certain apps. And I don't say that lightly. Like, I don't think that's the answer to all life's problems is just to delete the apps. But sometimes it's good to take a break from those things. But I think a better solution than those things is this. 
I think this is way better. I think if we allow Jesus to teach us to celebrate other people's blessings, that's way better, way better than just deleting apps. So through Jesus's power, we want to find out how can we learn to celebrate when other people are blessed? Not to be jealous of them, but to celebrate. In Romans 12, 15, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice. So if your friend gets an amazing car from their parents, you know, like all, some of you guys are getting your license right now. Like, let's say your friend gets like the best car ever. And then you're like, mom and dad, what about me? And they're like, oh, we got grandma's junker car. And it's falling apart and it smells like something died in it 10 years ago. And it's just, it's the worst thing ever. I mean, that's kind of what happened with me. I, I, I struggled with jealousy because I got my car, my Toyota Corolla. You guys remember my Toyota Corolla. Many of you guys rode in that car a lot. A lot of memories in that car, and it stinks from all the years of just driving around in it and the pizza and the food that got dropped on the floor, and it was good times. Um, but I hated that car with a passion. It was good for like the first two years, but then when my best friend Trevor kicked it and put a dent in it, like literally it just went downhill. Like it started falling apart. And I, I've, I had it since I was 15 and I'm 27. I just got rid of it this year. So had that car forever. My sister Amanda, the baby, she gets this amazing like red like sports car. I was just like, oh my goodness, mom and dad. Like I am your, force, your firstborn son. Like, this is how it should have happened. I should have got the junker car, but then I should have got the newer car and we should have passed down the junker to Amanda because she hasn't done anything yet. She hasn't earned it. She's 16. Come on, mom and dad. I was so frustrated, so jealous. I'm okay now, though. <laughs> so uh, the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice, which is not something I did in that moment, to be happy for someone when something is going well for them instead of being envious and jealous. If you see someone living the dream in Hawaii on social media and you're like, oh, this stinks. I'm like here in Vista, you know? <laughs> if you see someone just like out in some exotic location, like all of my counselors here are like amazing photographers and they're always like traveling. Well, most, most of them, but even the ones who aren't professional are like good photographers. Aaron, you're a good photographer. You're not professional, but you're a good photographer. Um, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of these guys are traveling around to exotic locations, taking pictures of people. And maybe you feel that way sometimes. Maybe you're like jealous and you're like, oh man, like I wish I could take cool pictures, but I'm stuck in Vista, which just looks like a butt. Like it's just not photogenic at all. It is the least photogenic town of all time. Well, instead of complaining, I say we need to thank God that our friends are having a good time. We need to thank the Lord that things are going well for our friends. Maybe someone gets the lead part in the play or the solo in choir or the position on the sports team that you want. You guys are starting school. A lot of this stuff could happen. Maybe there's positions and things that you're gunning for, things that you want to happen, and you don't get them. Maybe you're not going to get them. Maybe you're going to get a lower position than what you were hoping or maybe even a lower position than what you feel like you deserve. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Not go with your friends and talk about what a jerk that person is who got the solo part, but rejoicing for them. If someone has a great relationship and you're like, ugh, stop posting pictures with your boyfriend. We get it. You're in love. Like, please, you're killing us. Like, stop. You know what? Instead, rejoice with them that the Lord's brought them into a good relationship. And so if it's like obviously a bad relationship, then maybe don't rejoice. Maybe like call them and be like, he's going to murder you. Um, don't, yeah, anyway. Even if someone just posts a picture where they look really good, and you look in the mirror and you feel terrible about yourself that day. You know, rejoice. Rejoice that they're doing good that day. That's awesome. 
I struggle with this, though. I often compare myself with others. Um, I struggle with feeling really unpopular and less than others. My best friend, weirdly enough, I was a loner in school. I didn't have a group of friends, but my best friend, my, like really my only friend in high school, was the most popular guy in school. Very strange. And I remember we'd be at home fellowships, high school home fellowships, and uh, the one thing I had going for me, besides my weird long hair, which wasn't helping me at all, actually, um, but uh, I, I kind of knew how to play the piano. And I was learning some songs. You know, I memorized Goodbye Yellow Brick Road from Elton John and Karma Police from Radiohead. And you guys are like, what are you talking about? Um, bands back in the day. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Sweet, dude. We should hang. We should hang. Um, but uh, anyway, I would play these songs. I would sit down and I would kind of like just try to go through the songs. And I only knew a few, you know? Well, I was hoping that people would notice me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you do this, but for me, as an insecure high school student, I would be at a social gathering. I would feel like I'm not really cool. I'm not really funny. Like, I'm not, I, I want people to like me. I want to be accepted. Like, I guess I could play the piano. Maybe people will notice. And literally, this happened probably about five or six or seven times, I would sit down at the piano and start playing, and I would get literally halfway through the first song, my best friend Trevor would walk over and say, oh, hey, can I get on there for a second, bro? And then he'd sit down, and he'd just bust out this amazing masterpiece, and girls would just flock around and be like, oh, Trevor, it's so great, it's so amazing, oh! And it was, sorry, that was really weird. I'm, I'm never going to do that again. It was, it, was, it was a bummer, though. I was very jealous. I love, I love my best friend, Trevor, but I struggled with jealousy sometimes. Um, you know, later on, though, for me, I was one of the first people in my class to get married. And I actually heard from people in my class that I was jealous of. They're like, dude, we're jealous of you. And it's just, it can be this big cycle of jealousy that can happen. People can envy one another. And you know what? Think of this. If you're upset about the way God is blessing someone else, someone else's ability, someone else's relationship, someone else's parents, someone else's home, if you're upset about the way God is blessing someone else, then that sin in your heart could be the reason maybe God is holding back on blessing you. Maybe because God knows that you're just super in sin because of this jealousy and envy. He's holding back on something he has for you because he wants you to get past the sin of jealousy and envy. We need to kill the comparisons. We need to celebrate the blessings that God gives others. And the, the third thing we need to do is cultivate gratitude. And what cultivate means, it means developing a skill, working hard to learn a skill. Through Jesus, we need to learn how to have gratitude. So someone defined envy like this. Oftentimes, envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's life and ignoring his goodness in your own. Sometimes, oftentimes, envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and ignoring his goodness in your own. And it's such a bummer to be like that. We need to be thankful when God blesses someone else. With Christ's help, we can learn the skill of gratitude. And all these things I'm saying, with Christ's help, the reason I'm saying these things is because you listening to me talk for a few minutes about it isn't going to just magically pass these skills to you. If you really want to learn these things, you need to go home and you need to pray about this. If you really struggle with this at all, if you struggle with the jealousy and not having gratitude, not being thankful for the things that God has given you, you need to go home and pray about it. Simple as that. Solomon was the richest man of all time. And he said in um, Ecclesiastes 6, 9, he said this, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. That's one thing that my wife, Brooklyn, always reminded me of with my car. 
um, I would be so frustrated that I didn't have a nice car. And my wife was like, but you have a car. Like, stop complaining. Like, you have a car. It works. It's literally had no engine trouble for, like, the last 20 years that you've had it or, or whatever. Like, you have a car. And I was just so frustrated. I was so unthankful. And you know what? Brooklyn's grandma ended up buying us a new car. We didn't have to pay anything besides, like, registration fees. And I realized, I was like, Lord, I didn't deserve that. Like, it would make sense that you'd bless me with a new car if I was just sitting around going, Lord, I'm so thankful for my Toyota Corolla. Thank you so much for my 1987 Toyota Corolla. Praise the Lord for it. Like, it's falling apart, but it's so great. I love the smell. I'm used to it. Lord, praise, praise you. But instead, I literally complain about it every day. And the Lord somehow still blessed me with this amazing new car. The Lord's great. He gives us things a lot of times that we don't deserve. But I think it's so much better for us to be in a position where we're loving him and responding to him with a gracious heart. I think saying, Lord, thank you for giving me the things that you've given me. Instead of saying, looking around and complaining and saying, Lord, my life isn't as good as other people's. I say we should say, Lord, thank you for giving me people to love and things to do. Maybe you're not so excited about your school right now. You could say, Lord, thank you that I can learn. Maybe your family is driving you crazy right now. You can say, Lord, thank you that I'm not an orphan with no home or family. Thank you that I don't have to take care of everything myself. In Philippians 4, verse 12 through 13, it says, uh, Paul says this, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. The secret is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So how can we be content? The secret is through Jesus. When Jesus is all you have, you realize Jesus is all you need. And I, I say this, but Jesus is nothing, or Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's what we need to realize as followers of Jesus. He is everything. And yes, we'll have other things in our life, but if we get down to the core of it and we realize that Jesus is what everything is all about, then everything else starts to fall together. So the more you compare, the less satisfied you'll be. Now, here's another downside of social media. Sometimes social media can expose us in an extreme way to the world's values. And the world totally has a different set of values. I think one of the biggest values that the world has that it's cramming down the throats of young people right now is the value of lust. And I don't just mean sexual lust. I mean just like a lust for greed and everything you can get out of life and just getting rich, getting famous, just all these things. And we're living in a world where, you know, the number one app for teenagers is Snapchat. And obviously, most of us know, but that's an app where we send messages to one another and then they self-destruct after a matter of time. Now, um, you know, when I first started hearing about Snapchat, I totally was like, oh, you know, we, no one should probably use that. I think you guys are all in junior high for the most part. I was like, oh, I don't know. Sounds kind of sketchy. Um, I'm at the point now where I realize it's a, it's a tool. It can be used for good and it can be used for bad. And you know, I think it's important to understand where it started. You know, I don't know if all you guys know this. Most of you guys probably already know. But the people who started it were these two frat guys, these two college guys who were software developers. And they wanted to develop a program where they could get girls to send them pictures that were inappropriate pictures, sexual pictures, and then have the evidence be destroyed. So if you're a girl, especially using Snapchat, like you should understand the point, the reason that thing was designed was for that. Now, you know, I can build an axe for the purpose of chopping off someone's head, and then you can repurpose it for chopping wood. 
it doesn't mean that it has to be used for the reason it was made. And I think that there's so many people that I know who are using Snapchat for awesome, legitimate reasons, but I think it's just good to be aware of its history and know that there's a lot of people using it, especially if you're a girl. And um, actually, no, no, it's pretty equal, I would say. If you're a girl or a guy, there's going to be people, especially if you're going to a public school, there's going to be people you're adding that are going to have bad motivations for why they're on it, and they may send you something that's not good. Um, you know, society is rewarding people for really expressing their sexuality. Their society is rewarding celebrities, especially female celebrities, to take off more clothes. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like in uh, the music scene especially, like... If you've watched music videos lately, it's getting pretty gnarly. A lot more gnarly than it was in the 90s or even the early 2000s. Everything is very sexualized, and that's not a coincidence. That's the enemy at work trying to push his value of lust as the new normal on us. And in fact, this idea of freeing ourselves sexually is something that um, society, there's even campaigns, like hashtags, like different things that people are doing to try to say, we need to express ourselves in this sexual way and not let anyone hold us back. And for us as Christians, we need to understand that that stands against everything we stand for. Like, it's not just that we're prudes, it's that we're followers of Jesus. And we understand that Sexuality is something that God made for a reason, for husbands and wives, and the world is just twisting it so much. We'll, we'll talk more about that later, but here's another value that the world is pushing on us. It's lack of compassion, and this is something I've really seen in social media. The idea of having no empathy or care for other people, the idea that everything's just a big joke and that we just laugh at one another's pain. It's easy to bully and hurt others online because we perceive that there's less consequences. If you go up and you smack someone in the face in front of everybody in your school, then you're considered a jerk. But it's very easy to hide behind social media, especially if it's something where you can be anonymous and where maybe you're posting and no one knows your identity. It's very easy. There was a teen girl who posted recently about her struggle with depression, cutting, and wanting to commit suicide. And she reached out to people with this video. Um, and she did one of those videos where you know, the music's playing and she's got the cardboard where she's writing on it. And she was just detailing her struggle and like what she's going through and how she's cutting and how she has suicidal thoughts. And in the comment section of the video, there were people, young people who watched this video and in the comments, their response to watching this girl was, you're fat, you're worthless, you're trash, you should just kill yourself. So she did. So she hung herself, like literally like weeks after she made that video and saw those comments and people responding in that way, she went and she hung herself. And it's so, it's so sad. And I don't think I'm exaggerating to even say it's satanic. The enemy works through people in this way. The comment sections of the world shows us people's true nature, where people can hide behind usernames and just talk trash about one another and put one another down. This is re that's really the true face of the internet. And I've seen that since the internet started. I was around when the internet first started up. Um, and I've seen that grow and grow to the point now where literally I read comment sections on videos, almost any video, and there's just hateful, horrible people with no compassion in there. And that's, it's, it's really, to me, the truest expression of the sin that's in the heart of all of us. And that's why we all need to be aware of it and careful. We need to be different. We're people made in the image of God. And the people out there who are in pain and suffering, they're made in the image of God. 